Last week, Art wound up with talking about the heroes of, of faith that we found listed in chapter 11. And uh, <clears throat> we, we talked about 17 guys and gals uh, that uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, uh, listed. And uh, <clears throat> we realized that it was by faith that got them to where they are. When we pick up, <clears throat> when we pick up uh, chapter 12 this morning, or uh, verse 1, uh, therefore, therefore, for this reason, or consequently, after we've read about these people, you know, in the last several verses of chapter, uh, chapter 11, he says, and others experience mocking and scourging, yes, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put in the depths, death with a sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and ill-treated. Verse 38, men whom the world was not worthy. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. In verse 40, because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Uh, the, whole, the, whole, uh, the whole book is... Jesus is more. Jesus is better. Jesus is, and we've, we've been through that, and we'll wrap it up on the end of the month, exactly what this is. So therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, the writer of Hebrews took this 17 people that he talked about but how about the witnesses in your own life the people in your own life that that have made uh, a big difference to you that that they that they uh, by faith did I have several uh, Don Bearden Butch Parker, Jim Hedrick, Neil Williams, Don Gibson, Jack Bethay, and Cliff Heron, just to name a few. These guys have all, I've witnessed their life, and they've had an impact on me. What about you? Who can you mention that's been a cloud of witnesses in your life and in your own in your own walk with the Lord therefore we have this great cloud of witnesses he goes on and he says let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, 
the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's using this racing, track and field, cross-country metaphor. We're going to run a race. And it's not a lot different today, but in the days that the writer of Hebrews, when they ran races, they almost ran them naked in that they had... They laid aside everything that will hold them down. And if you watch track and field today, and this, <laughs> what they run in is not very much. But the idea is nothing will hold you back from the race that you're going to run. And we need to be very much aware of that. Now, we don't have... Um, a prize that we're going for. We don't have a medal that we're going for. We don't have uh, that, but we have we have the one and the most important person to please, and that's having our eyes on Jesus. Swindoll says this. <clears throat> the practical point of Hebrews 11 which we've just talked about. All the saints of old were born and raised in imperfection, lived life to sinners saved by grace and preserved through the hardship with faith and hope. This spiritual race that we're running, a hindrance, and that's what he calls, my scripture says, encumbrance, every encumbrance, encumbrance is something that could be good, but that weighs you down spiritually. It could be a friendship, an association, an event, a place, a habit, a pleasure, an entertainment, or even an honor. These, Swindoll says, could be encumbrances for you running this race. He also says, the sin which so easily entangles us. He said, we need to prepare ourselves to run a clean race. Set aside habitual sins. The path is before us. We don't know if it'll be uphill or downhill, smooth or rockly, wet or dry. But by faith is trusting God during the uncharted courses, knowing that he has set before us the path that will best contribute to our growth towards spiritual maturity. That's what it's about. We run this race... And the writer is saying, set aside every encumbrance or hindrance or, or weight and sin, having our eyes fixed on Jesus. He goes on to talk about our Lord, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Christmas. We're, we talk about Jesus coming as a baby. That's mind-boggling, the incarnation. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, before creation started, I don't know if they had a meeting. I don't know. I don't know. But he says, we're going to put this earth in motion. And we're going to speak to it. And it's going to become in existence. And we're going to put a man there. And he's going to be like us. In our image. But he's going to sin. He's going to fall. He's going to miss the mark. And we need to set a plan in place for redemption. I don't know, did God look at Jesus and said, okay, this is what you're going to do? I don't know. Jesus' birth is, is amazing. You know, we've had, we've had situations where, where one of the biggest arguments I've had with a fellow believer was over the incarnation. You know, about, about what was going to, how it happened. I don't know how it happened. All I know that God, the most powerful force, his, the three big O's we talk about, God, he could come any way, but he chose to come as a baby. As a baby. Um, he just came as a baby. And he came as a baby to redeem us. And we're to run this race, this Christian life, looking to him who is our all and our all. So, verse 3. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you don't grow weary or lose heart. Verse 4. You have not resisted yet to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. At this point, there had been some persecution, but not the persecution that would occur with the Christians and not the persecution that Jesus suffered. Several months ago, we showed a, a clip from the Passion of Christ. And it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And, of course, it's, it's one man's idea of what happened. But they literally beat Jesus to death 
because he said, I'm God's son. And the religious rulers of the day could not take that. It's the religious rulers that have always done the, the damage. On uh, Wednesday night, Pastor Jim's been leading us through Paul, and he comes back to this group of Jews, and they've dogged him and dogged him and dogged him. And he's in, in Rome almost now, and they're still trying to get rid of Paul. And yet, the movement of Christianity, they tell me there are more books written about him than any other person in history. So, he comes here, he says, For consider him, verse 3, who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Now he talks about something beginning in verse verse 5 that we don't like to talk about. But he says, verse 5, And have you forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved of him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Hold your finger there and turn right back to Proverbs. Middle of the book, Psalms, go to the right a little bit, and you've got Proverbs. Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs, the third chapter. Middle of the book is Psalms. Go to the right. You got Proverbs. Proverbs 3. Look at verse 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. In my Bible, the subtitle of chapter 3 is the war reward of wisdom. Well, that's a direct quote. Go back to Hebrews now. That's a direct quote from Proverbs. Discipline. Discipline. Verse 7, for it is discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? I was asked one time growing up if I had any fear of God. It didn't take me but a fraction of a second to think. I said, no, I didn't have a lot of fear of God, but I had a fear of Alton. Dad was a gentle guy, 
But when he spoke, <laughs> I learned real quick to listen. And he uh, backed it up with a belt. I don't know if y'all have ever been whipped with a belt, but I got it <laughs> fairly regular. And and we've heard all the things. You might have said it yourself, you know. Well, this hurts me more than it hurts you, you know. And at the time, we didn't think it would hurt him near as much as it hurt us. But anyway, that's, that's part it is. But discipline, I... I don't know, maybe you school teachers that part of the problem we have today is that Dr. Spock says don't whip. The laws of the school says you can't whip. And we've got people that work the system and they know what to do. But scripture says Discipline is for your own good. And we know, we know that's the truth. When, when I messed up, Daddy told me what I did, and he reinforced it. He says, now, so you won't forget, you know. So you won't forget. And the Lord... The Lord has something like that. But let me go what Hebrew says. He says, here the author, this is Swindoll, touches on the reality that we often, that often tries our faith more than anything else, the discipline of God. We learn that in our struggle against sin, and our pursuit of righteousness, God providentially permits experiences, events, circumstances, and people that cause pain not to punish us, but to purify us. Let that sink in a little bit. Because more times than not, when these experiences come, they're not pleasant. And we don't see the good. I mentioned Harry Parker. He was Velta's nephew, and he lived in the field next to our house. And uh, when something would go awry or something that he didn't particularly want to do, he'd say, why me, Lord? And, of course, he was taking a, a line out of Chris Christopherson's song, Why me, Lord? What have I ever, ever done? But I got to looking at that song this week and what Chris was trying to say which we all could say you know what have I done to deserve the good things that you've allowed me to have 
we've talked about gratitude in here. I think two of the two of the words that are not used enough, and especially not the older generation still does, but I think some of the younger ones have missed it. Thank you. Thank you. Being grateful for what you have. and It's not to be expected, but thank you for where it is. So the discipline of God is to grow us up. To grow us up. Now, we cause a lot of that problem. We cause a lot of that problem. Y'all have heard my testimony, you know. I, I had more debt than I could pay. And I had to leave a town that I never thought I would leave. And that's what brought me to South Carolina. I had to get a job. <laughs> I had to get a job. And it took me 12 years to pay back over $350,000, but I did. And when I walked through that valley, I'm a richer man today for having done it. Velt and I have talked many times. I never want to ever forget those times in those days. Linda Randall and the McCameys and other people have sung a song. The God on the Mountain. And the essence of the whole song is the God on the Mountain is the God in the valley. When we're walking through the tough times when we don't see the way, when we don't understand it, but God wants us there to teach us, and we come through or stronger. We can't see it at the time. Why did he take a loved one? Why did he give me a financial mess? Why am I in this divorce? Why? 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 And yet, remember, looking to Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, will come through much, much stronger. He said, after all, if God were pleased with them, why would they do suffering? That's tough. Sometimes we want to make light of it. And yet God wants to bring us through. Let's go on and read in verse 8. But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers... Then you're illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, 
and we respected them, how or shall we not have rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time as seems best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it Afterward, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. A parallel that we often use, you know, I think it was Billy Graham that said and has made the statement famous that if a child doesn't respect his earthly father, he will have no regard for God. I, I wanted to please my dad. I was, I was, I didn't want to hurt him. And yet he had to discipline me so that I be, could, could become the man I am today. And we stand on people who've gone before us. I do, and I'm sure you do too. And he's drawing a parallel here that fathers, <clears throat> for a short time, a short time, <clears throat> I've got a, a theory. I'm no psychologist, or, but boys in particular, and that's all I know about. <laughs> the Lord, in his infinite wisdom, didn't allow Velt and I to have a girl. But when boys finish high school, home is never the same. They never come back. They get involved in their vocation. They marry. They move away. And that's that. So the discipline of an earthly parent in a boy is very, very short. Very, very short. Very short. But Jesus, verse 10, for they discipline us for a short time as it seems best to them. But he disciplines us for our good so we may share in his holiness. It's the same thing we've talked about and we've talked about and we've been to these funerals in the last little bit and we talk about heaven and a home in heaven. And we talk about it being eternity. And that's a long, 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 long time. I don't know how long it is. It's infinite, infinitely long. Our little short lives, 
What did James say when we went through James? Just a vapor. Just a whisper. Our lives. Just very short. And yet the ultimate goal for us here is to prepare us for a home in heaven for eternity. For eternity. And God says, if I have to discipline you so you'll be with me for eternity, that's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. And yet we come back, you know, well, I don't deserve this. Or, you know, why me? Why me? Here's four little points if you want to write them down. This is courtesy of Dr. Swindoll. God disciplines us to assure us that we're his children. Um, to assure us that he's in children. God uh, disciplines us to deepen and enhance our spiritual life. God disciplines us for our benefit. And he disciplines us, though painful, though ultimately it's very valuable. And sometimes we can't see that. Sometimes we don't ever see it. But God has a reason. God has a reason. Go to Isaiah 40 right quick. That's the middle of your Bible. And then, and then go to the right a little bit. Isaiah 40. This is very familiar scripture. We went through it when we went through Isaiah. Isaiah 40 verses 29. He gives strength to the weary, verse 29, Isaiah 40. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles and they will run and not get tired and they walk and not become weary. He gives strength to the weary. Okay. Well, let me go... A little bit further in Hebrews and then we'll call it a day and then we'll pick it up here next week. But let's look at verses 14 uh, there. Oh, back up to verse 12. Therefore strengthen with the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. Make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. 
verse 14. He says, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. I better stop because there's too much there to, to go over. But we'll pick up with verse 14 next week and we'll see how far we get. We need to run this race. Run this race with our eyes fixed on Jesus and understand that the discipline, the circumstances, the problems we have, life in general, if, if we know the Lord Jesus, it's for our good and he allows it to grow us up and to make us more like him that we can be with him in glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for everything. Bless us as we go from this place, and I thank you for the writer of Hebrews that didn't pull any punches. And we don't like discipline, and we don't like the things we don't like, but yet the Lord knows us, and he wants us to grow up to be the man and the woman that he wants us to be. Bless us as we go from this place. Be with every word said, every prayer prayed, every, every song sung, and we'll be careful to honor you in and through it all. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.